Come Holy Spirit. Come Lord, we continue to give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us, Lord. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. We have tonight pretty common and well-known gospel where they ask Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And he gives the answer that which we have heard so many times and can be a temptation to just be like, yep, got it, heard it. Jesus again saying back, hearkening back to the Old Testament. The greatest commandment is this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. These two, these two are the greatest commandment. So if we really take time to listen to the word of the Lord and hear that, and and think of our own lives, it can be like, uh, with all of it, <laughs> like all of it, Lord, I'm not sure I'm capable of that. Have you, have you seen me? You know, do, you, do you realize my sinfulness, my inclinations, my imperfections? So this can feel, if we really take it to heart, if we really look at it, it can feel like an impossibility in some way. How can the Lord ask me to do this? In his encyclical last week, I talked about Pope Francis's uh, Lumen Fide, the light of faith. This week, I'm going to give like five-star rating to Pope Benedict's God is love, Deus Caritas S. So just don't be afraid to pick it up. It is beautiful. It is powerful. There is depth in its simplicity in a lot of places. It's just going at one of the central truths of our faith. God is love. What does that mean? One of the things that Pope Benedict says, he says, love can be commanded because it has first been given. Like Jesus can ask this of us because he first gives it to us. That he's not saying, hey, why don't you try this, figure this out on your own, but he offers himself to us. And that as Pope Benedict begins to, to talk about the love of God, he talks about it from this this classical philosophical understanding, Plato, Aristotle, all this stuff, right? The Greeks, these two different types of love, of eros and agape. And we think of agape, we've, we've heard that if you've come up in catechism or Catholic school or whatever, agape, right? This self-sacrificing love, this love that gives of itself, pouring itself out to and for the other. And that's, that is like at the heart of love, it is the deepest of loves that is present, and, and that is how the Lord loves us. But sometimes we think about it only in that way, that God's love for us is only agape. And it can feel like, well, I mean, he has to do it. I mean, he's God. Like, he's got to love me. 
If he doesn't love me, then that's like a fail for him. You know? I mean, like, come on. But Pope Benedict is telling us, reminding us, that God's love for us is also eros, this passionate love. This love that he says, he says this love that almost imposes itself on us, speaking about it on a human level. When a man is drawn to a woman or a woman to a man, sometimes it's almost like this is imposition of these passions that move me towards the other. He says, of course, in, in our fallen human world, like Eros, like anything on this side of heaven, can be distorted and fall into lust. And so it needs to be purified. It needs to be disciplined so that it will, it will move in its purer form. But he says it is good. And it is beautiful. And that the Lord not only love us, loves us with a, an agape love, with this self-sacrificing love, but he loves us with this passionate eros as well. As a bride and a groom love each other. Actually, in Scripture, one of the most used analogies of God's relationship with us is that he is the groom and we are the bride and that he comes, right, to give himself to us. When we speak about the mass, we talk about it in terms of the wedding feast of the Lamb where Christ is offering himself to the church and we are receiving the Lord in that way and in that consummation, it is as if the two become one. St. Paul makes this analogy most clearly in Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands and wives and Christ and the church. This passionate love that the Lord has for us that actually leads him to the cross. He goes to the cross and he's there and yes, he's offering himself in this self-sacrificing way, in this painful way, in this difficult way. And yes, he's in the garden and like, hey, uh, Father, um, like if I could take a pass on this, that'd be great. If you could tag somebody else in, that'd be awesome. But he offers himself in agape, but also moved with this passionate desire for us. The, the church speaks about Jesus' thirst on the cross as his thirst for us. Mother Teresa says that, that the thirst of Jesus on the cross, the thirst in his heart now in heaven for us is much more than Jesus just saying, I love you. Like, this is great long. And when we can be aware of that, it changes things. I mean, think in your own life. If you've had the experience or aware of the experience of someone who's just like, man, I'm kind of crazy about you. Me? Well, that's kind of cool. And you feel great. And to know that that is not even comparable to the Lord's desire for us. And then he doesn't just have that, but he offers himself self-sacrificially, even in the midst of our sin. And so when the Lord is inviting us to love him with everything that we have and to love our neighbor as ourself, he's doing it by loving us first. And it is made most manifest in the Eucharist. And then here in the sacraments, the Holy Father tells us this. The Eucharist draws us into Jesus' act of self-oblation, right? We are drawn into Jesus' offering himself to the Father for us. He says, more than just receiving the incarnate word, more than just receiving God in the most holy Eucharist, he says, we enter into the very dynamic of his self-giving. 
that as Jesus gives himself to us and we receive him, that we are transformed, we are drawn into his own offering, allowing ourselves to offer ourselves to him in return. So the way that we love God with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength is we ask Jesus for this grace. Like, Jesus, give me your heart. Give me your mind. Give me your strength to love you with. And when we pray that, when we come in that way, the Lord does backflips. Like, yes. Yes. I want to give this to you so that you can give it to me in return. And then the movement from there is to love others in that same way. Holy Father continues, he says, a Eucharist that does not pass over into concrete practice of love is intrinsically fragmented. Right? The Holy Eucharist is that as we receive it, if we celebrate the Mass, and we don't leave here and do concrete acts of love, not just these sentimental like, oh, like people are nice and I love them so much. And so great. You know, we can do that. We can like, I'm gonna drink some coffee and think about how great people are. I like them. The Lord's like, okay, nice. But love them tangibly, concretely, sacrificially, as he has loved us. And this movement from receiving, entering into his self-gift, and then moving out and giving ourselves away. Which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus said, the first is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In the Holy Eucharist, we receive him who loves us this way. We enter into this self-gift. And then we are called and moved with the love of Jesus in our hearts to leave here to tangibly and practically and sacrificially love those whom we encounter.